You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello. Hello. Ethan Michael Bolton. Yeah, hello. Andrew I feel like we got to get the names in there once in a while. I think that's fair. A lot of podcasts I listen to. Every time. <laughs> but I always skip yeah. that part. Yeah, me too. So I think I just subconsciously forget to do it yeah. when we're actually recording we're, ours. We're just doing the people a favor. Yeah, just in case you didn't know who we are. You don't, At this you point, don't if you're a regular or listener. Yeah, we'll do it for you. Yeah, if you're not, welcome. Welcome. I'm Andrew Josiah Pitts. That's I'm Ethan Michael, Michael Bolton. Bolton. That guy <laughs> over there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. how's it going? It's been an interesting 12 or so hours. I should really broaden that because I didn't realize what time it was. 12 hours. Yeah. It's like yeah. At 10 p.m. No. Things started <laughs> no. to go down, which is a bad time <laughs> That's for not... things to start to go down, yeah. by the way, in my humble opinion. Yeah, Sorry. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm not doing that. A very different story. 10 p.m. I'm already, I've been asleep for like two hours. <laughs> No. So recently I've I've been noticing the grass is really growing up through my gravel driveway. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan, but at first it's okay. You can just hit it with a weed eater as you're driving by with, you know, the trimming work. But eventually it's it's more of a problem. I'm like, this is actually kind of embarrassing to look at. It's just, it's unsightly. So let's address it, you know? So I go to Lowe's and get one of those all-in-one things where you pump and it has the stuff in it already. I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. It's like four months of protection. I'm like, that's a whole summer. Yeah. Fun that I'm starting now. <laughs> uh, but it's got to happen. So... You know, I take care of this a couple of days ago. I took care of this for the first time. Yeah. And uh, I I just, there's too much to cover the, the length of my driveway. So I ran out, but I did a, a you know. A, Got a, most of it. Yeah, sure. really a good job. Yeah. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to have to get some more. I'm going to get some refills for this thing. So that's what I do yesterday. I go to Lowe's, get some refills. More expensive than I anticipated. That wasn't fun. But nah. whatever, you know. So I, yeah. I, I get it home and I'm like, do I do it today or maybe Friday? I mean, there's like, there's no rain in the forecast. Things are clear. It's it's cloudy today. So a little, you know, less chance of sunburn. So let's just take care of it, you know. So I, I refill it and I hit all the areas that I, I couldn't get to last time. And then I come inside. About an hour and a half later, it rains. I'm like, brother. Oh. <laughs> If this rain carries all of my weed killer into my yard, we're going to have a problem. So, Ethan, why does your lawn look like a Clifford the Red Dog peed all over yeah. it? Yeah. So I was, I didn't want to get out of bed this morning. I'm like, what if I just don't look? <laughs> what if I just don't look? If I don't see it, it can't happen. If I don't look at the yard at all, if I just look at the sky the whole time. My perceptions will make it real. <laughs> they yeah. will actualize. I think... It's so far. I mean, the yard is alive. That's my good news. That's that I woke up, great I didn't come my yard or my neighbor's yard. That was another very secret concern. It would go too far. I'd be like, where did it, where did it carry my chemicals to? So I don't know. I think I just wasted a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> I think it just got diluted and it's just like, it's halfway dead now. So the moral of the story is don't trust your weather app, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> That's funny because I um, recently, of an evening when I get home from work, while the weather's still nice, you know, it's still summer, trying to make it a point to take the girls out to a playground or something. And I checked my weather app yesterday and I saw that it was going to rain and Mm. I thought, oh, "Oh, darn, like no playground tonight, going to figure something else out. So, hmm, our weather apps must have, uh, they lied to you. They They just, they didn't want to, I would have waited, help you out. I need to do some of that kind of work in my lawn as well. (sighs) As of this recording, the plan is to do that Saturday morning. So, yeah, well, go out and do some of the little spraying, pull some vines up. I pray for good weather. Weeds. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I I will appreciate (laughs) that. Need that. Speaking of horticulture. Uh, I like this. We're getting there. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's always worthwhile, I think, especially as Christians, to remind ourselves that our heart is the 
the fountainhead of our behavior. Mm. I was actually just reading that in Proverbs recently, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for out of it, you know, the yeah. life flows, etc. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's the fountainhead of our behavior. And uh, that's very, I feel like, abstract-ish, you know, like, oh sure. yeah, it's like it's the fountainhead of our behavior. So, you know, I mean, you could frame that a couple different ways, mm-hmm. you know, we could say that uh, who we become as disciples starts with what we most treasure. Yeah. That's another way we could frame that. We could say the fruit of our lives grows from the root of our lives. Mm-hmm. See, there's the horticulture. Mm-hmm. There yeah, we go. I yeah. like the first one that does not rhyme. <laughs> Ethan's aversion to anything. It's like, ah, you know, I got it. That's too, it's too, whatever, whatever that, whatever that kind of phrase is, you know, Um, it's too much of that. It sounds too much like something you would put on a marquee. Yeah. Or like a, a, a a t-shirt in a Christian bookstore in the (laughs) nineties. That's not the goal. With like clip art. Yeah. You know, we can rise above there. Yeah. We can do better than that. They built Gothic cathedrals, guys, <laughs> that took centuries to make. You can make a good t-shirt. Yes. You can do it. You could go on and on with that. And the point, of course, is, well, let's take a concrete example. If we believe that we're patient people, mm-hmm. and yet our habit is to flare up in anger every time we get cut off in traffic, yeah. that's the default oh. reaction. Or every time something even mildly mm-hmm. inconvenient happens to us, yeah. we are demonstrating by our actions that we are actually not patient people at heart, no matter what we may believe about ourselves. (laughs) We are actually demonstrating that we are angry people at heart or impatient people at heart. Because, again, you take the horticulture (laughs) imagery, a peach tree will always produce peaches. It will never produce apples. You know, the kind of tree determines the kind of fruit. And it's the same thing with the heart. And Jesus says this explicitly. He says in Luke 6, 43 through 45, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And then he goes on to explain what he means by this imagery. What we've just been saying is a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That last line is a killer. Jesus had a way of doing that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like talking as if you have patience and exhibiting none of it. That reminds me of that great line of Tarkin's in the groundbreaking documentary film, Rogue One. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay with me. <laughs> it says, a documentary yeah. from the future. Oh yeah, it was good. He says to director Krennic, uh, "If saying it would only make it so, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, it's like that's so good." And boy, did he want to. <laughs> he did. He Not did happening, want to make it so simply by saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that would be easy, right? If like I could just say, "I'm a patient person." I'm a patient person, and then be patient. I don't have to exercise it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have to, you know, put myself in situations or find yeah. myself in situations where. My patience is tested and tried. No, no, no. And then, you know. My patience only exists without tests. (laughs) That's the kind I have. (laughs) (laughs) Untested patience only. (laughs) No patience trials needed, Lord. I don't don't need those because I have so much of it. So please don't. No, no. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're laughing because I think we all can feel the it's, ridiculousness it's, of that, right? <laughs> like, you know, if our hearts are full of briars and thorns, we can't expect to bear healthy apples of holiness. You know, you apply that across the board to all actions, thoughts, deeds, etc. And so if we want to become different people, renewed after the image of Christ, as the Apostle Paul might put it, if we want to become loving, kind disciples who judge not, condemn not, 
who deal with the log in our own eye before dealing with the speck in our brothers. The issue at stake here is we need to let God change our hearts. That's really good. Right? Yeah. Actually, now I'm digressing, but it reminds me when Jesus says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Mm. And if your eye causes offense, pluck it out. Classic. Right? Which is, we take that and we're like, so anything that is particularly problematic for you in the areas of sin, like you need mm. to deal with it at the root, whatever's yeah. leading to it. But I heard someone say once, and I thought that's pretty insightful, that even if you like think about it, you cut off your right hand, your left hand can still sin. And so the problem is exactly what Jesus here, you need your old heart cut out mm. because your heart is the root and source of sin. Yeah. And so you need that old heart cut out and you need a new one put in its place, which is exactly, I think, the point that Jesus is making here, right? Like, even you think about the way he says, like, a good man brings good out of the treasure in his heart. It's yeah. like, wait a minute. Doesn't scripture say there's no one good? <laughs> like, yeah. those alarm bells should start going mm-hmm. off. And again, the issue is you need a new heart. So the entire root structure of our lives has to be uprooted and replaced with new life, Otherwise, we're going to continue to bear fruit in accordance with our kind, which means envy, slander, impurity, etc. Because deep down, we just are envious, impure, slanderous people, which is a huge problem, right? Yeah, I I think just to jump on this horticultural picture we're painting, it's a nice theme. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Like, it's also not a passive thing. Right. You're describing like an excavation of an entire root system and bringing something to bear in its place, that takes time and it takes effort. Mm-hmm. You have to intentionally cultivate these habits with action. And I also think like when Jesus is painting this picture of like like the good man bringing about good fruits, I think it's pretty easy to observe. Like he's not saying these are the final states of being that you cannot become. Like you yeah. are a good man and that's all you have. Or like you are an apple tree and will only produce like yeah. you might actually have to do the work to get there in the first place. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Which comes back to part of our series on virtues flourishing, which is where you talk about like virtue is like an ingrained moral habit. Yeah. A moral habit. Again, you can be counted on as a person who in situations that where people would generally snap, you're not going to Mm -hmm. because you have that ingrained moral habit. And so to your point then, however, the question is, if we are those kinds of people deep down, like this is the root structure of our lives is made us this kind of a person, we have this kind of a heart, we're this kind of tree, so to speak, and that kind of tree produces that kind of fruit. How are we changed? Like, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do you go about that? So, how are our hearts changed? How do we fill them with what is good and just and pure and noble and true so that we bear that kind of fruit? And the short answer to that is by believing in, living upon, and acting upon the Word of God right? Which again, you could really oversimplify that, but it's what Jesus says. Because in the very next verses, right? I think he's giving us an explanatory frame for what he's just said. And he goes on in the very next verses to say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, there's to your point, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Okay. Yeah. So again, merely saying the right things is not enough if our words are not wed to the right actions, right? (laughs) Yeah. That's what Jesus makes 
I think, pretty clear there. You know, it's pretty hard to get around that, I think. The Apostle James would later say that we must be doers of the word and not hearers only, echoing that exact same dynamic. But then you ask, okay, golly, what is the first essential thing we must do in order to build our house upon that kind of solid rock that Jesus is talking about? And Jesus actually gives that answer if you flip over to the fourth gospel, the gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 29, when he says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Mm. That it's very interesting to pair work with belief. Like mm-hmm. this is the work, your belief. Yes. Like what does that tell us about what belief must entail? Right. It's not just this theoretical conviction. It's not right. this. We, it's not that I just tell myself that I'm patient. I tell myself that I have these virtues. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, we actually did an episode breaking down more closely what faith is. Yeah. We talk about like belief here mm-hmm. in an earlier episode yeah. on this. But it's a, yeah, it's it's much more than just oh, like that propositional statement is true. Yeah. Like, that's part of it. Yeah. But that plays a role. But. It's Again, not the whole of picture. Right. Because go back to the Apostle James. He says, even the demons believe. They know God is one. They know who Jesus is. When they saw him on earth, they recognized him. And <laughs> they're in the abyss. You know, <laughs> like, you don't, that, that obviously is not the ticket. So to summarize all that then, I think in other words, what we're getting at is you believe that Jesus is Lord, that he has the final say in all of life. And from that belief, you dig deep and build all of your life upon what God has spoken in scripture. So that, again, part of believing, oh, Jesus is my Lord. He is my savior. He died for my sins, was raised again for my justification, and is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. You take all of that. Part of believing that is when Jesus says, you believe I am who I say I am, do what I say then, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like you can't divorce those. The picture of Jesus as Lord, if he is Lord, that implies certain things. Yes. Like that is, <laughs> it's just not a passive thing. It's just not right. a thing that is out there in theory. Like right. that then requires certain behavior mm-hmm. that reflects that understanding. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, again, circling back to something you said a little bit earlier, that's painful work sometimes. Yeah. It requires us to dig up and put away things that we once thought beautiful and good, things that maybe we loved once. Mm. I am just now reminded of one of my favorite scenes in a C.S. Lewis novel. Is anyone surprised? The Great Divorce. I think maybe I've talked about that book on the podcast before, but if I haven't, just a summary if you haven't read it, The Great Divorce, basically it's this fictional picture where C.S. Lewis imagines what it would be like if you as a spirit before the resurrection got a chance to go up to heaven right? You weren't in heaven. Like you didn't go to heaven straight when you died. You were kind of in this basically like a purgatory, (laughs) but you got an opportunity to go up and you might be able to stay. All right. So in heaven, the spirits are like C.S. Lewis and the people who went up with him are transparent Mm. because the world of heaven is so much more real and so much more solid. Like he can't even pick up a pebble. He can't move it. It's that weighty, that glorious. Anyway, one of the spirits comes up with him, has this red lizard on his shoulder. And the red lizard is obviously representative of like lust or something. Mm. And it whispers all kinds of embarrassing things in his ear, all this stuff. That's dark, man. Yeah. And there's an angel who comes to the spirit and says, would you like, and I'm paraphrasing and summarizing, but he's like, would you like to stay? And the man's like, well, I think I would. He's like, well, you can't stay with the lizard. And 
you know, we can take care of that for you. And he's like, I think I would like you to do that. Like, he's always embarrassing me and saying all these things. Like, I don't like it. He's like, very well. And he steps forward to kill the lizard. And the man's like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Like, I don't know about that. Like, you know, like, I don't know if we need to kill it. Like, let's, let's be reasonable. Let's take our time. Let's think through this. And the angel's like, you don't have time. Like, the sun is about to rise. Like, Will you let me kill it? Ooh, I got chills, man. Yeah. Well, basically, they go back and forth for a little bit, like, trying to fight this, because he's like, I want to keep it, but, like, and the lizard's making promises. He's like, oh, I'll give you good dreams from now on, and I know I've been bad before, but I promise we'll be different from now on, right? Like, this all feels, like, so real, right? And finally, the man is like, oh, just kill it. And he, you know screams C.S. Lewis says he screams like this feral cries the angel kills it but then in a moment he's like transformed into a solid glorious man and the lizard is transformed into what Lewis says is the most beautiful horse I ever saw a stallion of silver with muscles the likes you never saw in golden hair and the man gets on it and rides it up into the foothills of the mountains and the point is is that like some of those things that we saw as like good and beautiful that aren't like the lizard, yeah. right? This like this lust, right? Mm-hmm. There's a sense in which lust is just a misdirected, yeah, inappropriate, inordinate desire. It's like malformed. And yeah, corrupted. for something that yeah. otherwise is good. Mm-hmm. And if you'll let God kill it, it can rise again according to its original intent yeah. and become something more beautiful and glorious, which is the whole process that's at work here, right? That's yeah, like exactly. why the Christian life, I mean, Christ died and rose again. The Christian life is death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't end up in a real sense losing anything that you lose when you submit yourself to this process. Right. You get it all back and then some. You get everything, right? Like it's just this strange, beautiful, glorious paradox that just seems so true to the world yeah. and the way God made things. So anyway, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we're dealing with here. So Man. if we will believe and dig deep and live according to God's word, make God our greatest treasure, then if we, again, take him at his word, he will see to it that we become just like our teacher, Jesus. So we're disciples. This is a discipleship, following our teacher. Or if we wanted to put it another way, be a little poetic about it, now that we're thinking about C.S. Lewis, Jesus will see to it that the old saying, like father, like son, is true for all God's sons and daughters. Mm. He'll see that through. Again, it's like Paul said, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, which sounds like it's all you and there is effort and that's true. Right. But he says, and you do that because... For it is God working in you mm. to will and to work. Like it's 100% like yeah. both. So there you go. Mm. Discipleship from the heart. Kill that lizard, guys. Or let God kill that lizard. It's a good story. <laughs> it is, man. I love The Great Divorce. If nothing else that you glean from this podcast, if you picked up a copy of The Great Divorce and read it, that would be wunderbar, as they say. Well, hey, thank you as always for listening. If you found this helpful, you want to leave us an honest five-star review in that Apple podcast platform be super. We'd love that, you know, from the heart, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. be great. And uh, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, as always, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time.